Welcome, everybody, to the Tiffany Talks podcast show, where I discuss holistic health, healing, and helping others in 30 minutes or less. I'm your host, Tiffany Patlin, health and wellness coach, best-selling author, small business owner, and speaker, and I am on a mission to heal the world. Let's get started. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about PTSD, also known as post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, if you don't know if you have this, I want to go through a couple of symptoms that are known to be, that you will know, that will help you identify if you suffer from PTSD or, you know, like most people do, you can go get yourself checked. Um, But like for somebody like me, I didn't even know that I had experienced PTSD until I was sharing something that happened to me with a friend and she told me, you have PTSD. And I was like, what? And that's when the research began. So um, one way, one symptom are flashbacks. Our minds create a memory from a traumatic event that we experience and we have the tendency to have flashbacks. I believe from my own experience and going through my healing journey that our bodies giving us these flashbacks, they're like clues. I feel like our body is trying to purge anything that's in our body that is not healthy and that is actually hurting us and our relationships. And so that's why it's our body is doing that. It's cluing you in. And I feel like what people tend to do, you know, myself included, is it's just like a, a bee buzzing or a fly buzzing. That's what a flashback is. And people just want to swat it, you know, and forget about it. But we actually need to pay attention to that fly because um, there's some there's some healing that can be done there. Another symptom of PTSD are having nightmares and restlessness. A flashback will happen when an individual is awake and they are more like mini memories of the trauma that you experienced. Nightmares occur in the subconscious and are scary. I know. And they're very, very upsetting. Research tells us that the conscious mind is rational while the subconscious mind is completely irrational. This means that nightmares tend to be more rooted in irrational subconscious fears and feelings. I remember reading where it said that flashbacks are a real memory. Um, The conscious mind can distort memories to protect us at times, but are true to have happened. Whereas in contrast, our brains can link unrealistic feelings and occurrences like thinking you spilled a drink on your lap when you actually wet the bed when you're having a nightmare. Um, so I'm sure a lot of you can relate if you can, you know, I would appreciate you, you know, leaving me a comment, letting me know if any of this rings true for you. Um, same thing with triggers, 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 triggers. I always say that I truly believe that triggers are an opportunity for you to heal. Same thing with flashbacks and they are a little different. Whereas triggers are anything that remind you of your traumatic event 
that you experienced. And a person can pretty much be triggered by any of the five senses. It's what you see. It's what you smell. Um, things that you may have heard uh, that rings true for um, people that um, veterans, people that are in, you know, the military um, hearing, you know, they hear a, a car and they think it's a gunshot. Um, so hearing is a big one for them. Uh, same thing goes with tasting and touching. If any of those are related to a traumatic event you have, you have had, then um, those can just happen out of nowhere and you don't even realize it. It could be a song playing on the radio that may have happened, you know, right before you got into a car accident, or maybe there's a certain smell that you remember when you were, you know, abused. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways that a person can be triggered. Another symptom would be uh, re-experiencing trauma through something you watch or read. I found this really fascinating, so I wanted to share According to psychological behavior, it's common for trauma survivors to want to watch or read something that relates to their trauma. Studies show this stems from the compulsive need to analyze and dissect all that happened. In many rape cases, survivors tend to feel a great amount of guilt and self-blame, with many choosing to dissect the event in order to identify areas where they could have stopped the incident or prevented it from happening. Now, I myself have gone through that too. Um, I just know, I, I don't know if it's, I don't feel like I ever analyzed it to try to see what I could have done differently. I feel like when I would watch stuff like that, like on Dr. Phil or any, you know, episode where somebody was talking about what happened to them, if anything, it made me feel like I wasn't alone. Uh, I, I, I also get from that, that it was, I don't feel that I was reliving my stuff, but I probably was. That's still a little fuzzy for me, but, um, I'm in a better place now. And, you know, that all came from a lot of healing. I know I did question why. I wasn't able to fight back in a lot of instances, and I'll, and I'll touch on that here in a moment. But another symptom I want to share is memory suppression. I actually um, had a friend that I recall telling me that she knew somebody close to her had, you know, sexually abused, I think her sister or cousin or someone else. And she was wondering if it had been done to her and she didn't know. And I remember mentioning that to her, that it's possible that her bodies, her, you know, her mind, her brain suppress that memory in a way to protect her. And I know that that can happen. Um, and a lot of people will use hypnosis as a way to, you know, uncover that and heal that just like reopening a wound. And I know a lot of people are scared to do that. And I just want to encourage people that, to know that we shouldn't be afraid of our feelings, uh, we, when we can honor our emotions after experiencing an event, it allows us to start the healing process. Um, hypnotism is one way that that can be done. I actually did an episode where I interviewed a hypnotist, so feel free to go check that out. And um, denial. Uh, so when it comes to memory suppression, denial is said to be the first symptom of PTSD. Wanting to pretend the trauma never happened. 
Denial allows survivors to suppress their emotions and memories from that trauma instead of honoring their emotions from that event to set them free. And another note, divorce. Divorce has actually been known to um, bring up a symptom of PTSD in both men and women. I mean, divorce is a very stressful, stressful experience. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful I haven't had that experience, but just from, you know, everything we see, hear, and learn, it's not something happy. It's extremely stressful. Um, so if any of those symptoms ring true for you, it's possible that you suffer from PTSD. And the, the good news is, is that you can heal from that. Um, to share with you about my experiences, I myself experienced, I had the flashbacks. I just remember so many things in particular about the uh, 32 year old man that I was dating when I was 14 years old. Um, I would just have all these memories. And I remember I would share them with my husband because I just, I didn't want to think about those things anymore. And I would just have these memories when I was awake. And I, I know it was hard for my husband to hear, uh, but he was kind enough, you know, to listen to me because it was important for me to get that off my chest. And after I would speak to him about it, it was like out of my mind. And I was able, you know, to continue, you know, with life after that until the next flashback came. But I also had the nightmares from many of the rape incidences that I endured. I remember several of my boyfriends all telling me the same story because it's fuzzy for me. I remember, but not really. A lot of what I repeat is from what my boyfriends have told me. And it's pretty much all the same story. I scared them, <laughs> you know, because we're dead asleep. And all of a sudden I just wake up, you know, from a dead sleep and I'm just screaming like at the top of my lungs and I'm yelling I'm crying, I'm bawling my eyes out, and I'm just shouting, don't touch me, you know, and I know it was me reacting in the way that I wish I could have all those times, but I couldn't, um, and I know why. Uh, since the very first time when I was incestuously raped at, at 12 by my 23-year-old cousin, my body went into a state of what's called tonic immobility. Um, and it basically paralyzes you. Every experience I respond, every, because I've had a lot of experiences. So unfortunately, um, so with every experience after that, where I was raped, abused, blah, blah, um, my body would respond that way. And I was not able to fight back or even scream out for help. So I was never able to make it stop. But yet when I was having my nightmare and reliving that, perhaps because I, you know, a lot of time has passed and I have grown, perhaps matured, you know, my, I was able to fight back and, but it was, it was scary. It wasn't fun. It was, I remember feeling so distraught, just completely upset. And this happened often. It would happen too often. Um, and I want to give you some research about this, about PTSD. Um, and if, for, I don't know if I said this already, but if you don't know, PTSD is post-traumatic stress dis disorder, meaning post, meaning after you experience a traumatic e event. 
um, you know, the traumatic part and stress, it becomes stressful. When we experience a traumatic event, it's very stressful and, you know, that's hard on us. And the disorder is, you know, part of that because it's a disorder, meaning it's disrupting our life, like constantly having flashbacks, constantly having triggers, constantly having, you know, all of these memories. And if you have several, you know, think about that. And I had a lot. So it wasn't just one incident and one flashback that was repeating itself. It was many. So every time I would tell my husband a story and I, I even remember when I would tell him new stories that, you know, because it was just random, you know, like I would just something would trigger it or whatever. And I would have a memory and then I'd be like, Hey, did I ever tell you about the time? And, you know, I would tell him a new memory and I can only imagine the way it must've made him feel, um, you know, but all it takes is just one time, you know, and it's not good, but again, there's help. We can help. We do not have to you know, live with that and carry that for the rest of our lives. We do not. Research states that obsessive compulsive disorder, also known as OCD and post-traumatic stress disorder, which is PTSD, are closely related to anxiety disorders, which some may experience at the same time along with depression. I talk about that in my book about how anxiety and depressive disorders kind of go hand in hand. If somebody has anxiety disorder, um, nine times out of 10, they're more likely to have depression as well. And there's several different anxiety disorders. Um, there's generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, there's social anxiety. I mean, there's a slew of them. So understanding which anxiety disorder you have would be beneficial in your healing as well. According to the Mayo Clinic, mental illness, also called mental health disorders, refers to a wide range of mental health conditions, disorders that affect your mood, your thinking, and behavior. And this goes back to why I always say the reason why it's so important to heal is so that way these events, these traumatic events that we experience will no longer affect our moods, our thinkings, and our behaviors. Because all in all, factually, it affects our parenting. It affects how we have friendships. It affects how we respond, you know, to everyday life events. It, 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 it affects how we are in our marriage, whether we're, you know, a husband or a wife, it, it affects our business relationships. I mean, you name it, carrying traumatic pain, unresolved events that have happened to you. It affects pretty much every area of your life. Examples of mental illness include depression, anxiety disorders, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, dementia, ADHD, OCD, autism, PTSD, eating disorders, and addictive behaviors. Now, I want to say something about addictive behaviors. Um, I truly believe that those that are addicted to drugs I don't feel people are addicted to drugs. I feel people are addicted to escaping their reality. And I get that firsthand. I never wanted to leave the bar because I didn't want that good fake feeling of freedom and woo, feeling good numbness, which is what it really was. I didn't want that to end. So, you know, I would abuse alcohol. Same thing with the drugs, with the cocaine, with meth, with anything. It was just something I did. And 
you know, it, w- it was altering. So I would no longer have to experience or feel those flashbacks, those triggers. But, but when I, when I was drinking, cause I used to be a very heavy drinker, it wasn't pretty. And I remember when, if somebody brought something out in me, it was like the floodgates open and I became a crazy person. And <laughs> to anybody else, you would think, well, maybe you should stop drinking Mind you, I was mentally ill and, you know, I just didn't want to let go of that good feeling. That was the only thing that I knew at the time that could help me uh, to no longer feel that pain, that ugliness, the flashbacks, the triggers, the, I just didn't want it anymore. And being drunk was the only way that I could do it. And that's why I feel a lot of people abuse drugs and alcohol, not because they're addicted because they just want to keep doing it, but because they They really just want to escape the reality. They don't know how to heal themselves. They don't know what to do. And all they want is to live a happy life and be normal. And they just don't know how to do that. And I know for some, you know, they can get so far gone. And I know, I think it's called toxic shame. There's something like that where people, even though I know that there's people that will be there to help others, but this person will just still continue to use and use and use, even though people are there helping, providing help and this, that, and the other if they're in the cycle of this toxic shame, it's really hard for them to get out of. So that's why it's really important to understand what somebody is dealing with. So that way we can help them, you know, accordingly and um, get them the help that they need. And I now want to share with you some solutions. And these solutions that I'm sharing with you are solutions that I have actually used myself and they have worked for me. And I know they have worked for a lot of other people in this world. Performing a release ritual. Now, what that is, and I'll just share with you what I did. I did a release ritual with my mother. And because she, I blamed her for a lot of the wrong in my life. You know, understandably so. So I came actually sit down right here at this computer. And I just, because you have the opportunity, you can write it out. Writing is very therapeutic. You can write it out, but I had a lot to say. So I decided to type because I'm a fast typer. I sat here alone, quiet, and I just remember typing out anything and everything that I could think of. It's like I was talking to her, um, but not really, you know, to anybody else that may have read it, it probably wouldn't have made sense to them because it's not like I was writing it to make sense. I was just remembering every hurt, every pain, every disappointment, everything she did and did not do for me, you know, anything and everything, all of it. I drudged it all up. And I admit when I was sitting there typing all of this out, I was bawling. I was crying. I was ugly crying. And it was because I was allowing myself to honor my emotions, to feel, you know, we should honor our emotions. Our emotions are human-like, you know, it's, that's, that's something that we were designed to do. We were designed to feel our emotions. We were never designed to numb our emotions and bury them within our subconscious. You know, like I mentioned before, you know, when we carry unresolved pain and trauma from whatever we've experienced in our lives, it stays with us and it colors everything that we do. It negatively affects everything in our lives. So 
That's why it's so important to do a release ritual. So as I typed everything out, I printed it, folded it, put it in my pocket, and it said that you can read this aloud. Like if you have a support group, you could take this and read it aloud, have people that are support you and comfort you, or you can, you know, have just one person that you truly trust or a couple people. It's really whatever you feel comfortable with. It's not about what's comfortable for me. It's about what's comfortable for you. Not anybody else, not your mother or your sister or anybody or your best friend. It's really about what's important for you. This is your healing journey. So it, you know, pick the environment, however you want it to be. And for me, what I did, uh, is I asked my husband if he'd be willing to read it or, or sit with me while I read it out loud, because that's the next step is to verbalize it. And, you know, cause while I was writing it, I'm rereading it. Right. And crying. Cause I'm, I'm experiencing honoring my emotions. But now the next step is to read it out loud. And like I said, you can create that environment however you want. So I asked my husband, he said, yes, we went into our small little bathroom and because uh, you have to burn it. And I wanted to be safe, you know, and the toilet was right there. So we went into the bathroom for privacy and I remember just sitting there and he's looking at me and he's like, okay, so what's going on? And I remember just sitting there frozen because I was afraid to do it. Why? I don't know. Just, I was just afraid to do it. And he's like, so where is it? And I'm like, it's in my back pocket because <laughs> I printed it and I folded it and I put it in my back pocket. And he was like, okay, well, you know, my poor husband, he, he didn't, he didn't understand. He didn't know. He's like, okay, you're going to read something. So read it. Like, and me, I was just trying to gather the courage to pull that letter out and just start reading it because I had every intention of giving this my everything because I truly wanted to be free from this pain that had been running my entire life, affecting everything in my entire life. So I took out the note and I started reading it out loud. And there I went, ugly crying all over again, feeling all the emotions, even more so than when I was typing it out because I feel like I was a little distracted because I'm typing so this time I wasn't typing. I was just sitting there and I was verbalizing it. I was saying it out loud. And my poor husband's just sitting there with me and he's just listening and he's just watching me. He's watching this happen. And I'm so grateful that he was there to support me in that. It was very hard to do, but I did it. You know, I read the whole thing. I cried. I honored my emotions. I remembered and I, and I meant it when I said those words, because at the end of that, what you want to do is just make a declaration that this no longer serves you, that you are releasing this painful traumatic event that you experienced and you no longer want it to control your life. And that's what I did. I said, you know, I don't remember specifically what I said, but it was something along the lines of, you know, I release you, you no longer have control over me. And I gladly burned that letter in the toilet safely. And after that, I remember I was told to drink a lot of water and I went to bed, you know, because I felt really sad. You know what that's like when you're crying really hard. It's like all you want to do is just like lay down and be kind of comfy cozy. So I did that. And the next day, the best way I could describe it is it felt like somebody performed 
like surgery in my heart space. Hi, Willie. Um, just real quick, um, I actually mentioned you in today's episode because I'm talking about PTSD, and I mentioned that um, hypnotism was a way to help out. So I gave you a shout out. <laughs> Thanks for being here and watching. But for that release ritual, the next morning when I woke up, I felt completely different. It felt like somebody did surgery in my heart space. It's like somebody just like removed something from me. I didn't feel that heaviness. And I never knew that. Who knew that trauma was literally heavy? But that's how it felt. I felt so heavy and weighed down. But that next morning when I woke up, I felt free. It was the most amazing feeling that I had. And I just, it like just sparked something in me. And I was like, what else can I start healing? What else can I release? Because it felt so good. And, you know, that's why I share this solution with you because it worked for me. It's worked for others and it's very powerful and it can help you to release that which does not serve you. Another um, solution is to practice forgiveness. If you can practice, uh, if you can learn to forgive somebody that has hurt you in the past, that's also helpful. I found that after I did that release ritual, that I was more able to forgive my mother, especially knowing that hurt people hurt other people doesn't make it right, but that's a fact. So understanding that somebody didn't deliberately go out of their way saying, I'm going to hurt you. They're just doing it and reacting based on what they're carrying inside of them. Again, hence why it's so important to heal, to get rid of that so it does not color everything that you do in your life. And I know for some, practicing forgiveness is very, very hard. That does not mean that it's impossible. Um, and, but practicing the release ritual helps with that. And another uh, solution to help you with your PTSD is to realize your truth. And with that is because when things happen, we start to believe these lies that we are not worthy, that we deserved it. You know, whatever lies, anything like that, that you feel that you may have told yourself or that you're thinking they're lies and they're keeping you from healing. So again, that's why it's good to release, but it's important to realize your truth. And I list um, all of these solutions in my book. Unlocking Your Ability to Heal, which you can purchase on Amazon, or you can get a signed copy by, by visiting my website at unlockingyourabilitytoheal.com. So I hope that helps you guys. Um, this was an important topic for me to share because I actually saw somebody in, um, I think it was a comment thread talking about it, and I kind of had forgotten about that topic. I was like, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that today because it's important. And I know there's a lot of us out there that are still suffering from it. And I don't want that for you. I want to help you heal. I want to help you get rid of that because you deserve to, you know, free yourself from feeling that. You deserve to know what it feels like to live in the light. You deserve to just free yourself and rise up into your healing. So as we come to the end of the show, I want to thank everyone for watching and listening to today's episode. Please comment with what resonated with you and invite your friends and family to like and follow on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube. You can also listen on all major podcast platforms. And to share my theme for 2022 is to spread the word. 
And I'd like to ask your help in doing so by sharing this episode with your friends and with your loved ones, because not everybody talks about what they're struggling with. So with all the symptoms that I mentioned in the beginning, it might help somebody realize that they may be suffering from PTSD. And if so, the solutions will help them to get through that, or they may reach out you know, to their doctor or whoever, but to just bring light to this and to share with people so we can get more people to get the healing that they need. And today I want to leave you with this quote, which it's like one of my favorite, favorite quotes. And it's by... Um, I forget who it's by, actually. I don't, I'm not sure. It might be unknown. But here's the quote. If you never heal from what hurts you, then you will bleed on those who did not cut you. I hope that makes sense. And it's true. And I know firsthand because all my symptoms negatively affected my relationships and it also affected how I parented. And I always say to this day, the best decision I ever made was to heal because now I know that I can parent from a place of wholeness rather than brokenness. I'm Tiffany Patlin signing off until the next episode. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Bye.